Hello, 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 and welcome to the first taste reading series on the Day Beautiful podcast feed. I'm Adam Fitcavage, and on this version of the podcast, I invite a writer to read from their debut book so readers can get a first taste of exactly what they're in for. If you like what you hear here, check us out on daybeautiful.net and on all social media at daybeautiful. Today's guest has published writing in the New York Times, The Atlantic, The Paris Review, and Tin House, among others. In 2019, she was awarded a masthead reporting residency with The Atlantic, where she produced a feature-length article that would later inspire the idea for her debut book. That debut book, Acts of Forgiveness, is out now. And she's also opening up a new bookstore in Brooklyn in June called Liz's Book Bars. Be sure to check that out. Please welcome Maura Cheeks. Hey, Mara. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Excited to be here. Of course, of course. Uh, I'm going to throw a curveball. And actually, we just talked about it off recording, but you are in the midst of potentially, no, for sure, for sure, opening a bookstore in Brooklyn. Could you just tell readers the name and where they can find it? And we'll just promo it right now so they can know where it's at leading up to it. Yeah, I'm opening Liz's book bar. It's going to be in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. It's named after my grandmother, Elizabeth, and we will be open in June, but they can go to lizzesbookbar.com now to sign up and they'll get updates for when we're open. I love it. I love independent bookstores so much. Liz's Book Bar opening this summer in Carroll Gardens, Brooklyn. Um, in addition to that crazy thing you're doing, and and we'll talk about it maybe on the podcast down the road, you are uh, releasing a book which will be out by the time this podcast is out, Acts of Forgiveness. Tell readers a little bit about it. Yes, Acts of Forgiveness imagines the country has just passed a reparations bill for Black families. It follows four generations of the rebel family as they try to retrace their lineage in order to be eligible for the funds, and also while they're managing a struggling family business. Definitely. I uh, really loved, I love intergenerational family stories. I love how you reimagined a lot of what America is and can be. Um, loved it so much. Uh, what part of the book will you be reading for us today? I am going to read from the prologue. Terrific. Uh, I guess there's very little setup because it's the prologue. So uh, <laughs> go ahead and take it away. It, yeah. So I'm I'm going to read from the prologue. It is um, basically the perspective of the protagonist's grandfather. Marcus Revel was willing to trade the illusion of his sanity to keep his home. The day before, neighbors found signs taped lopsidedly to telephone poles, slid under their front doors and swirling around the playground. Last chance yard sale, 237 Hoarder Street. Saturday, 6 a.m. to come for the food, stay for the history you make. Beautiful antiques, funky knickknacks, help me get my house back. The signs had appeared overnight, scribbled in what appeared to be red crayon on the backs of paper bags, but that wasn't what startled the neighbors. No, the signs were confusing because everyone knew Marcus Revel didn't own his house. Like most of them, he had traded his life savings and his John Hancock for a promise. So Marcus Revel drew a large crowd in part because his neighbors wanted to see what the signs really meant, and in part because the signs were wholly out of character for the quiet, respectable man they knew Marcus Revel to be. The Marcus Revel they knew hid signs of indignity beneath clean clothes and a well-maintained beard, not tacked onto public spaces. By 10 a.m., the small audience in front of Marcus's house looked like the type of crowd one might see when firemen talk a man off a ledge. The old folks gripped coffee mugs while staring wide-eyed at the lawn, the melodrama adding color to their cheeks. 
Mrs. Solomon squeezed the hand of the five-year-old daughter she had just adopted from Macon, Georgia. A follower of Father Divine offered to lead a prayer session. Marcus's best friend, Al, tried to get people off the sidewalk and into the yard to make a purchase or two, while Marcus's eight-year-old son, Max, strutted around the yard, fingering old toys like an underpaid store clerk. The entire scene was buttressed by the smell of Marcus's Pequot barbecue wafting under the noses of his neighbors as Marcus focused his attention on the baby back ribs that needed slathering, as much slathering as it would take for him to forget how low he had sunk. Mrs. Solomon clicked her tongue. Imagine ribs at this hour. What could Marcus be thinking? But still, she didn't move and neither did anyone else. Al attempted to persuade Marcus to abandon the grill and say something to the crowd. They want to know why they are here, Marcus. They want to know what the hell is going on. Marcus hated public speaking, but he hated the idea of being homeless more. He walked from the grill to the edge of his manicured lawn and wiped his hands on his apron. I want to thank you all for coming out here so early and spending your Saturday morning with me, he said, looking at no one in particular. Marcus paused. I am behind on my payment to Mr. Frederick, he said, touching his short black beard, black beard and clearing his throat. I owe him $300, and he said he will take my house from me if I don't get it to him by Monday. Please understand I am a proud man, and this is not easy. But all I want is to provide a home for my son, and so here I am, offering what I can. Mrs. Solomon cast her eyes downward. Others felt cherry pits in their throats. The old folks shook their heads. They didn't want to see Marcus Revel pleading on his front lawn to keep a house that wasn't even his. Who is that? Lord Solomon whispered, pointing at Marcus during his speech. That is Mr. Marcus Revel, Mrs. Solomon answered her new daughter. And please don't point, she admonished, folding Lourdes's finger back into her palm. Is he crazy? No, baby, just sad and desperate is all. Thank you so much to Maura Cheeks for joining the debutiful first taste reading series read from her debut novel, Acts of Forgiveness, which is out now. Get it from your favorite local independent bookstore. And in June, pop over to Liz's Book Bar in Brooklyn. You can find that at lizzesbookbar.com. Please find Mara at marcheeks.com and on Twitter and Instagram at marcheeks. And follow Daybeautiful at daybeautiful.net and on all social media at daybeautiful. As always, I'm Adam. This is Daybeautiful. And you're all beautiful. Beautiful.